News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. And welcome to episode 45 of the Queen City Nerves News Hounds podcast. I am Ryan Pitkin as always. Justin LaFrancois with me. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we got two Michaels here with us for uh, Michaels on Marijuana. Uh, <laughs> that's, how this, <laughs> that's how this one's going to go. And you guys just heard how we came up with the title of this episode. Yes. <laughs> so we have Michael Sims here with us, founder of Charlotte CBD. Uh, also, hard at work lobbying for full, full-scale full legalization of marijuana here in North Carolina. What's going on with you, Michael? Oh, man. Uh, everything's great. Thanks for having me on. But yeah, uh-huh. we're fighting in three different states right now for the same thing so yeah he's trying to do that real expansion <laughs> yeah man and we also have michael brooks here with us with goodcush.co also a very hard-working fighter for all things marijuana legalization here in north carolina what's going on michael man just surviving and if you have not checked it out yet and you happen to be stumbling along this uh, podcast elsewhere you go to our website qcnerve.com and you can see michael brooks uh, published a great op-ed this morning about the recent uh, well not recent the recently proposed senate bill 711 which has gone this is sad to say but it's gone further than any other law in the sense that it's passed through one committee and <laughs> and that sort of got it some headlines got it some attention and if anyone sort of, if either of you want to sort of take, you had written this op-ed, so I'll yep. let you sort of take a lead on short little rundown of what Senate Bill 711 is all about. It's a medical marijuana bill, and I'll stop there and I'll sort of let you take it. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a, it's a, honestly, it's just a horrible piece of, of medical marijuana legislation. Ultimately, there are 37 states in the U.S. that have a medical marijuana program. Probably the worst example uh, as far as any type of legislation, uh, we have to look at Florida. They have a very, very limited license system with, with only 20 licenses, uh, vertically integrated. They've, they've effectively created cannabis car- cartels. Even the governor of Florida has spoken as much. Um, and basically, North Carolina, the GOP is like, we want to emulate that program. And that's really the, at the base of that legislation is this really limited license structure that's basically just going to create assets for the wealthy. It, it doesn't create social equity. It doesn't funnel money back into social programs. It doesn't help with Medicaid expansion. It doesn't help with opioid addiction. It basically takes the system and utilizes it as a, as a cash cow, as a, as a dark money you know, pot that the GOP is just going to continue to pull you know, funds from. Right. I love that you were one of the only people that pointed that out when everybody was doing the headlines of, you know, North Carolina history with Senate Republicans co-sponsoring a bill with Democrats and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, most people not realizing like how it's going to be regulated and how much it costs for everybody. And there's always a chance that it's going to be run through ABC and not even able for like small business owners or individuals to get behind or open dispensaries or start growing or anything like that. And, you know, as, as cool as it is that they're, you know, making strides toward legalizing it, just it being legal or whatever it may be, isn't necessarily good enough for the small economy. It's great for tobacco, big pharma, things like that. It's it's great for the, the, the white and wealthy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's something that gets overlooked all the time. In discussions about that. Yeah, as you pointed out in the op-ed, it almost looks as if they're purposely doing this to set themselves up to be in complete control of all the money 
if that ever does reach that point where, you know, federal legalization makes it impossible, you know, makes it inevitable that it's going to happen here. There's a cap limit of 10 producers, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And if you look at our population at 11 million for the state, Florida's at 22. They've got 20 licenses. We're going to do 10. It's they're mirroring the same exact corrupt program. Mm -hmm. It's ultimately failed in every way possible. But yeah, the interesting thing is about this, this is actually just a rewritten bill that's been put forth somewhat 20 years ago by Representative Kelly Alexander. It's just been rewritten and changed a few things. The only reason this even has legs right now is because there's two GOP members that have personal needs. They have sick family members with cancer and now they have a personal need. So now they're trying to hurry up and push something forward just to get access for these people. But 10 years ago, I used to be sitting there saying, hey, give us something, a step forward in the right directions, a, a right step. But now I've realized how long it could take to correct this. California is still trying to correct their market. Yeah. You know, and all you're doing is making the black market thrive, still keeping minorities out of the whole industry and monopolizing it. And ultimately, there's not a company in North Carolina that I know of that could keep up with the demand that would be needed at all. And when you limit it to 10 people and then those 10 permits have ultimately four dispensaries that they can issue. So you're talking about 40 dispensaries in a in 100 counties. And they're, they have this initiative of putting it in tier one counties, which is ultimately, you know, high crime rates, high poverty rates or whatever. But it, it, it all seems to prepare. But it's, it's haphazardly thrown together. I think they're trying to hurry and pass something when ultimately this is a conversation that I think should have happened 15, 20 years ago. We're at least five. Right, yeah, at least. And now we're beyond this. Now we're looking. I think the only thing that should be a difference between what we know as recreational use and medical use is basically tax implications. And if we're going to go full medical, then do we have HIPAA protections? I know a friend of mine that admitted to using cannabis and they literally showed up at his doorstep to take his gun permit. Oh, wow. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So do we have the HIPAA protections? Can we use insurance cards? There's so many things. And then you look at reparations and people that have faced charges just for you know, medicating themselves previously. So it's, it's, it's bad. And meeting with Senator Jeff Jackson a couple of weeks ago, he was like, we know it's bad. We know it needs work, but it's a step in the right direction. But this is something that I've realized it could take forever if it ever gets corrected. So we have to get it right the first time with yeah, inclusion it, and equality and, and, and ultimately thinking about all of who, who's going to police it, who gets the tax dollars, you know, and it, it's poorly thought out at best. Yeah. Cause fixing it after it goes through is, going to take longer than it took <laughs> yeah, to get harder. Through. Absolutely. Right. Way Way backwards. Right. And what's crazy is, don't they introduce a new uh, marijuana legalization bill every year in North Carolina that Pretty just much. never makes it anywhere? And, and I think I think it's also that they're putting it through committee on purpose because if it doesn't ultimately make it to vote in enough time, we skip next year altogether because the way the state works or whatever. So now we're pushing this out again, vote two to three years out. And they keep citing the same thing. It's not federally legal. We haven't done enough tests you know, we have the same people ultimately shooting this down. It's mostly the GOP. You got Tom Tillis. You got Representative uh, Dixon or whatever. There's even a co-written bill right now that started right here in Charlotte, Representative Montgomery. But it all finds the same fate. Passes the House. The Democratic-led House makes it to the Senate, never has the votes. 
There's also a black caucus group that keeps blocking it for religious reasons. So mm-hmm. no matter how we keep pushing this forward, it now, look, we've made it to the next step. We're going to committee, but I think it's all just posturing. It's not going to make it out and we're not going to have the votes to pass it. So all of this is really for nothing. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there's still people suffering. We'll wrap it up. What are we doing here? Right. I think it is going to, to move forward because Virginia. So we have this, this phenomenon in the cannabis industry called bordering. Right. right. And that is where a state that has no medical marijuana laws or, or marijuana laws, the, the, the residents of that state cross the border into a state that does. So Oregon and Idaho is the best example. So Oregon's full bore legal and Idaho is like North Carolina. There's no rules. So Idaho accounts for 15 percent of Oregon sales. Right. So 5000 unique trips a day cross the border from Idaho into Oregon to, to purchase cannabis. So if you factor in population and how many people we have on the border that close to Virginia, North Carolina is looking at close to 20,000 daily trips of North Carolina residents going into Virginia to make purchases. Right. And so I think that they feel that pressure. I know they do, because how are they going to stop that? Right. You can't arrest your way out of that. Mm. What, I mean, what are you going to do? And it's just lost revenue. So they're going to figure out. I think that's why they're they're so hell bent on they're going to be hell bent on moving things forward. We just have to make sure that they, they move them forward in a, in a way that benefits North Carolina and not just this group of, of powerful white GOP people in our state. I bet if they uh, put tolls on those roads to get into Virginia, they'd get a little taste <laughs> of that revenue. <laughs> right, right. But that's Purpose nothing compared to the, to, to, you know, to the, the to a, a 25% sales tax that, that they would want. Right. Yeah, but I, you know, and, and honestly, I'm going to be one of those people in Virginia. We've already making moves. Uh, I, I would love to fully disclose, but we're already making moves. And we're going to be one of those people right at the border mm-hmm. flooding North Carolina with cannabis. And that's going to overwhelm local police departments, overwhelm their court systems. That's more revenue lost, like he said. Yeah. Not only that, we're spending revenue to fight it. And it's going to be the same way we used to go to South Carolina to get lottery tickets and, you mm-hmm. know, cheaper booze fireworks. and cheaper fireworks. gas yes. and fireworks. Yeah. Right. I mean, you look at Fourth of July, there's no shortage of fireworks going in the air. Every bit yeah. of that South yeah. Carolina's yeah. revenue. Yeah. And we got the same problems going to happen here in North Carolina. We're going to fight the, the money we're losing and we're fighting everything coming across the border. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not a drinker. I know you guys are drinkers, but we have to go to South Carolina to get certain beverages, correct? Don't don't people go uh, 151 like, and some higher proof? Right. And I mean, people now. do this. Yeah. People go to South Carolina to buy booze, right? Frugal McDougal. So, right? right. So, so the same thing happens with cannabis. Also, Mike brought up a good point about the 40 dispensaries, right? So, so it's it's 10 Which licenses. Yeah. With, yeah. So, and I'm gonna give you, I'll give you an example. So I have a couple of clients in, in Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine is is the Portland metropolitan area is about 600,000 people. So half the size of Charlotte, right? Half the size of the city of Charlotte. There are 43 dispensaries in that metropolitan area. So there's more in a, in a space half the size of Charlotte than what they're proposing for the whole entire state. What's the, I mean, is there, I, I haven't read this bill, but like w- what's their reasoning behind the limited licensing and dispensaries? Honestly, I don't know of any reasoning. It's just it, like it all control. This, yeah. And it all, seems to be arbitrary numbers you know it's like 
never does it seem that they go to the experts to call on these decisions to be made. They just pull numbers or see what other states have done. And it's crazy that we just don't see what's happening in other states and and figure out where they went wrong and, and right. But it's like, you got to understand some of these guys were fighting. One of them, Jimmy Dixon, he's an 85-year-old pig farmer, Mormon pig farmer from Eastern North Carolina. He literally thinks cannabis is the devil. He thinks it's heroin. Like his son died of an overdose and he contributes the beginning of it to a cannabis, the gateway drug. So these are among the people that were like, they still think CBD is just right there with it. So we're trying to convince these people and we've came to them with facts and figures of what we're missing and everything, but it's like talking to a wall. And there's also a, a black caucus group on the Democrat side that's blocking this for religious reasons. So we keep facing the same fight and the same people keep getting reelected because of gerrymandering and because of other lines we could go on and on, but it's the same system that's keeping these these horrific laws in place and the same people get reelected because their manipulation of the, the vote. But mm-hmm. when you look at these polls, almost all of them are 80% plus of Americans wanting full access. And you think, you know, all right, let's say we do med- go medical. Now you've got to register as a medical. So now you have this on your permanent medical record that could affect employment, that could affect probation, that could affect uh, mental status, your your status for a firearm, all kind of things. And it ultimately makes you out yourself for a medication where no other medications prescribed make you do this. So there's so many implications. And when you hear medical, I think a lot of people not knowing this think, OK, there's this medical strain or this medical grade. But it's literally all the same thing. It's just weed. It's just weed. Yeah. And, it, and it comes down to like how it's packaged. And some states limit how much you can get, how many milligrams or how much amount you can get based on it being ca- medical or not. And I think really the only difference should be is how you're taxed on it and maybe if you can use your medical card or not or something like that. But again, you're having to register and you're having to violate HIPAA laws and everything else and give up medical history just for access to a plant. So that's one of my biggest problems with this medical bill. And there's no protection for that. So it's almost like giving yourself the scarlet letter. You know, you're, who knows what implications that will mean down the road because you've admitted that you're a cannabis user. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot of issues with this. And, you know, ultimately, I don't have very much hope it's going to make it forth. Um, we also have the South Carolina Compassionate Care that will probably pass in about a year. So we're having the states all around us go. Virginia is even legal, but right now you can't legally grow and sell it. And we're getting there by 2024. 2024. Yeah. yeah. So, but you can home grow in Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up to four plants per Woo. person. Yeah. My, the, my mom's uh, now legally doing so. So who, who's, nice. who's yeah. the guy running in South Carolina that's focusing on legalization? Yeah, Cunningham? Yeah. Cunningham. He's running against McMaster. And, you know, yeah. kudos to him. But. We run the same problem in South Carolina. We got the same people that's <laughs> yeah, been in office forever. And, and, and I'm from the Low Country originally, and and Cal Cunningham. I mean, he couldn't even hold his seat down there. Right. And that's the most liberal part of South Carolina. Wait, is right? this the same Cunningham? This is a right? different. Oh Cunningham. no, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he was, but he, but but the, the gentleman in South Carolina, he couldn't even hold his seat down in in liberal Charleston. So mm-hmm. I don't really oh, see okay. him. Yeah. You know, and and speaking of medical, you know, the other thing, one of the other things that that really bothers me about this legislation is the the conditions it doesn't cover mm-hmm. right so I was just about to say that yeah yeah so 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 this is what medical marijuana the SB711 these are conditions it does not include mm-hmm. right glaucoma you don't qualify migraines you don't qualify anxiety you don't qualify depression chronic pain sleep disorder 
right? Alcohol addiction or opioid addiction does not cover. Eating disorders, schizophrenia, muscle spasms, IBS, ADD, PMS, arthritis. I thought those were literally all the things that you're supposed to get it for. I think the way they word it is it's for debilitating. Yeah. So if you have have cancer. Oh, so if you're terminal. Right? If if you have AIDS, if you have PTSD and... We're in the military or in law enforcement. So, oh, so, so, so if I didn't you even know, realize yeah, that was a yes, that's that a stipulation. Was an addendum. Yep. Oh wow. What if um, I have PTSD from something law enforcement yes. did to me? Yeah, right. hitting here, <laughs> hitting with tear gas does not qualify unless right. you're in the National Guard. Wow. I will, I will say that I'm glad that migraines isn't on there because I've had so many headaches in my life, and people have always said, "Oh, just smoke a bowl," and I'm like, "Excuse me, when I cough, it's gonna be fucking horrible. <laughs> it's never made it better." Yeah. I I got things that can make it better for sure. Migraines, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, here's the thing we're finding out is, you know, these things, it, it does so many great things for us. We all have what's called the endocannabinoid system. We're learning as we feed these endocannabinoids, our endocannabinoid system, it helps regulate our body. We're, we've known this for years, but now we're getting access to the testing and everything. So now we're directly getting to see the correlation and how it works. And it's just crazy that now they're starting to say, okay, let's bring around the medical. We're, we're beyond that. Like it's, there's somewhere, right. you know, out West, it's beyond good and high and everything. They've reformulated literally. They got formulas for everything from focus to sleep, to sex drive, to you name it. And, you know, again, we're being left behind ultimately altogether. And just simply taking this back, this was the number one and number two prescribed drug throughout United States history until the prohibition of 1937, I believe, which was Harry Anslinger. And if you look up anything about Harry Anslinger, is ultimately the first drug czar in the United States. Openly, hugely racist guy. Mm-hmm. Just he used the, the whole yeah he, targeting of white women by black men right, smoking weed. Right, and, and I mean, just myth. right, just uh, you know, a couple like one of those colored students at the University of Minnesota partying with white female students smoking marijuana and getting their sympathy stories of racial persecution result pregnancy like these are direct quotes from him basically saying white women smoke weed it makes them want to sleep with black men there's hundreds of quotes from this guy he even said in court under oath that he once smoked marijuana and turned into a bat wow. so this is what this that is literally right. Shit. right even the word marijuana was given uh it was you know to make people scared of the hispanic population coming across the border they gave this drug marijuana the bad name to make people fear it. So even marijuana is like a negative connotation with cannabis, you know? So it's it's been caught up in propaganda year after year. Even Nixon put together commissions to prove how dangerous it was. They actually found opposite. It was great for you. And they buried that. And, you know, he even said it was a way for him to go after the anti-war, the hippies and the jazz musicians, a.k.a. the, the black, black community. People, yeah. And it was a way to keep prisons filled. And, you know, so we've known this and now it's 2021 and we know it's all based in lies. We've seen state after state legalized. No, the sky didn't fall. Mm-hmm. There's no mass death there. Not everybody freaked out, started jumping off buildings like we've learned this. Why are we still having this barbaric conversation in the state? And it's it's. It's infuriating because we've got that Dixon guy, right? Other people like him who came up as 20 something year olds during the Nixon administration who had aspirations and were on the track to take over state, federal, local government positions to completely blockade it from the fucking brainwashed, you know, ideologies that were put in their head from the fucking drug war. And that's what's so infuriating. And you can sit across and I've done it. I sit across from Republicans and Democrats in these closed door meetings. And they go, Mike, I completely agree with everything you say. However, I cannot vote outside of 
party lines. Yeah, sure. And I can't be the politician to publicly support this. Even the the elected DA, Spence Merriweather, sat and talked to him and he said the same thing. He's like, I'm not, I don't even prosecute really anymore. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah, he pretty much absolutely does. He said he didn't want to publicly back then. He said, I don't want to publicly be pigeonholed as the anti or the the cannabis DA, you know Mm, what I mean? Or pro cannabis DA. And it's kind of ridiculous. There's so many people that they, their logic knows better. They know how they should be supporting and, and voting, but because they're so worried about getting that vote mm-hmm. or having that support, even though we have 80 plus, 90 plus percent of North Carolinians and Americans wanting this. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, the disconnect's killing me. Like, you know, and it's, it's, it seems like everybody wants it when it's too late. Like we have the two bipartisan support now because of personal need. And it's something we should have. Yeah. They're watching their well, loved ones right, die right. uncomfortably. Right. You think about, I mean, you look at uh, John McCain. He spent his whole career fighting something that literally could have saved his life. He died of a brain tumor, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's insane that we're seeing this, but it's like we're already, now we're taking a stab at it because it is directly linked to inequality and racism and the Black Lives Matter movement. That's why they put that special task force together to start seeing what we should do and the personal need. And ultimately is still just posturing. This could get passed overnight. If they wanted it, if this was something they really wanted and really wanted to do, like Denver, Colorado did, they made a city initiative and overnight it was legal Mm -hmm. there and it spread throughout the state. We we just need to decriminalize it. We can do it. Right. That's all we should do. Right. right? Just decriminalize it. Say, listen, no one's going to get in trouble for it anymore. And then we'll figure out how to legalize it after. Right. We'll figure out how to how to build an economy around it first. But they're trying to 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 legalize just a, a very, very, very restrictive portion of it, mm-hmm. but they still want to keep it criminal. Like it, right, exactly. Just because we pass medical marijuana reform does not mean you do not get arrested for having marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of places, marijuana arrests go up right. once cannabis, quote unquote, legalization happens. Um, Why is that? Well, well, ultimately, due to the fact that the industry is so sandbox state by state, leakage, right? The North Carolina, how much, how much cannabis do you think it's sold in the state? Seriously, what, what, what number you want to put on it? Probably 20 million tons a year. I, I think uh, a dollar value, I think, I think we're looking right now, right now, total illicit market, we're looking at close to 300 million. Okay, right. And so that's, that's thought, so that's actually. why, well, I think, I think, I think that's a safe number, right? I don't think anyone will argue if it's I said definitely three, a safe number, 300 yeah. million, yeah. right? So, so if, if we have a market and another state's growing and they go, well, this batch didn't pass our test in, in this state, right? Or, or, or however, right? It gets lab tested, it gets denied. They're supposed to destroy it. Do you think that really happens? Right. No, you know, it comes no. to North Carolina mm-hmm. or, or, or wherever, South Carolina or Tennessee, you, you pick it, Texas, right? There's a reason Oklahoma's medical scene is popping. Right. And it's because Texas is sitting right there going, man, we like weed too. <laughs> right. And seriously, and that's, and that's the name of the game, mm-hmm. right? Until, until it's decriminalized, until it's fully federally legalized, this, this illicit market, this channel of revenue is always going to maintain. And, and I, and the other thing I don't think a lot of people understand is it's still a total cash business. Even in states where it is fully legal, banking is, it's, it's a nightmare. I will say that I have now transitioned to Cash App with the guy that delivers it to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And and that's that's great until he gets caught because we actually were using Cash App for about six months. And then we got a nice letter from Square, hand signed by their attorney saying, we will come after you if you ever try to do that yeah, again. We kicked oh, we out about six banks. I got a permanent ban from Square, a permanent ban from PayPal. And then they came back begging us for the business. So it's crazy how 
how it goes full circle, but then yeah. they have all these stipulations still. Oh, yeah. It's so risky. It's for all nice my thing. transactions are very private. Right? I right. never right. say yeah. what it actually is that I'm paying. Even if it's <laughs> just the power bill, I don't fucking well, care. Right. <laughs> well, here's here's the question I have because I'm not familiar with the CBD industry the way you are in this state. If, if this bill passes as is, right, and they right. only do 10 licenses and they control it like this, What's it do to the CBD industry in North Carolina? I mean, look, it could ultimately destroy it. And they've done everything they can to destroy the pilot program we've had so far anyway. With lack of regulation, uh, just a lack of oversight, too much gray area, oversaturation. Um, in every way possible, they've ruined the industry. And ultimately, luckily, there's people within the industry that are smart enough to learn to self-govern and self-test and do a lot of self-regulation to ultimately make it better and safer. But it could destroy destroy the whole industry. And right now, knowing a good bit of black market and, you know, a legit people in this legacy market, legacy market, market. you know, just from past, present, whatever, it's hard for anybody to keep up with the demand we're talking this state would actually need. 10 farms working at their absolute best, like no mistakes, well-oiled machine cannot keep up with the market right now. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody in the state that I know of that has the kind of operation that could keep up with the numbers we're talking about. And but we can't The other go thing to, with that, to yeah. compound on that, so cannabis is still an agricultural product right. and it doesn't scale the way like a factory would. So, so if you think about it like this, so the tomato you get at a farmer's market tastes a whole lot better than the, the tomato you get at the grocery store. And the tomato you grow in your backyard taste best of all. So cannabis agricultural products need this. So if they're going to do these giant scaled farms, they're going to produce a product that's inferior. In the industry, we call it boof. That's boof. And that's what the corporate grows. That's all they can produce because the plant isn't designed. Plants aren't designed to be grown like that, right? We're, at we're, 10 licenses, there's no competition. Exactly. So, so they can just keep putting out garbage. Right. Yeah. And it reeks of corporate takeover. And I know they're trying to correct it some with, you know, residency mm-hmm. clauses, but it can easily be get, gotten around, you know. And Well, here's one of the clauses. I want you to, I want you to hear this. Right. So. So licenses can only go to people who already have five years of experience growing, extracting, quality control, or selling medical or adult use cannabis within a state. So other than me, people in. Who, that I've been growing cannabis in other states for, for multiple years, I don't know anyone in North Carolina who's, who's got more than five or six years in the THC industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know some people who have had their hands in it for a while in other states. I don't know hands on, but hands in. Yeah, how do you find somebody in in North Carolina that has that kind of experience? Well, like, they are, but you would have to break laws to come forth. And this yeah, is conversation, right. And this is conversations I've had often with, you know, we literally have a team of lawyers that we work with for our company. And this conversation has come up often for people in the industry from the legacy industry is they would love to tell their story or come forth with their resume, if you will. But it, with statute of limitations, there's no way that they could do so, mm. you know, without harming themselves or implicating. Oh, but I was growing in legit markets. Right. right. I mean, this isn't me, you know, blowing up my house in, in South Carolina, which I did for a couple of years. This is me as an operator in Maine, in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so if they're going to put that kind of stipulation in there. Well, who in North Carolina qualifies? Mm-hmm. And so that that's that opens the door where we couldn't find any qualified candidates. So that's why we let in Cura Leaf, this this MSO into the state, or True Leaf, or or in these other companies. And that's what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know. And then they're also setting up this commission, this this production commission, right? So 
anytime you want to get nothing done in government, commission, commission. right? right. Start a committee, right? I mean, exactly. We see it in Charlotte politics, Mm -hmm. Charlotte city government constantly. So you're going to have this committee that's going to have to decide if we expand. And that committee is going to be stuffed with law enforcement, Mm -hmm. right? And law enforcement, they're not going to agree to expand the program because that affects their war on drug budget. Right. Which the whole they bottom get, line. Right? They have the largest lobby in North Carolina, by the way, law enforcement. And it, it, it search and seizure is a trillion dollar a year business. Oh, yeah. So, and in North Carolina, you don't even have to be convicted of a crime. They can suspect you of a crime and seize your property without right. conviction. So that's a huge business yeah. and they know I, that. I went through all that in California. Yeah. That's how I, and that's how I exited the, the cannabis industry in California in 2006. A task force called SledNet along with the DEA came in and civil asset forfeiture. Like just took everything. They mm-hmm. took wedding presents. They took my TV. They took my car. Mm-hmm. Um, they took, they took everything. And then they were like, what you going to do? Right. And it, you know, Justin, you were joking about the cash app thing or whatever. I think there's a lot more people out there like that, like you that say, Hey, I don't want the government involved in my shit. I don't want to have to mm-hmm. deal with the bureaucracy and the red tape. My black market way or my legacy way is working just fine. My plug's good. Yeah. And I think a lot of people feel that way. And, and you know, and I, it's like I tell people a lot of times, it, as much as I am in this business or whatever, legalization just brings a pain in the ass for myself. That means more money spent, more regulation, more over-regulation, more just ultimately exclusion of people. And right now, I think minorities and represent less than 8% of this whole market nationally and minority women even less. And there's no program included in this and most bills to include them. And those are the ones that took the biggest brunt of the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. So over the past right now, 40 years. Currently. And, yeah. and so it even Clarence Thomas came out, what, two weeks ago and said, you know, <laughs> inherently we're, we're supporting this in half the country and fighting it in the other half. And, mm-hmm. you know, as from a, there should not be a federal prohibition law if we're allowing this still. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's broken across the board. It's, it got overcomplicated in making it illegal. They should simplify it and making it legal again, just like any other making tomatoes or whatever. Make- you cannabis want, legal again. Right. That's it. And you should be able to grow it if you want to grow it. Go and buy boutique, specially curated, specially grown, tested, whatever. Just open the market up. And, you know, ultimately the demand will take care of itself. People are going to put the money where they the best product is. That's what capitalism is about. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and let's look at it another at it from another angle, right? You guys running an, an alternative newspaper. So probably the largest alt newspaper in the country is, is based in Denver, Colorado. We and, have many uh, talks about uh, right? that. Yeah. Oh, we're very and so very so how much so so, so, so they get all of this advertisement yeah. mm-hmm. Based because there's a lot of competition. It pretty in much Denver. saved that paper it in did. Denver, yeah. yeah. And and it literally is it's probably I mean, I don't know their their model or their money, but it's it's a big big time alt paper now. And I know? would I would call out every other news outlet in the city and state that's not an alternative newspaper and say, Fuck you guys. We will absolutely take that money while you <laughs> yeah. sit there and struggle with But the if fact there's only ten to figure out you can't. If there's only ten of them do they really need to advertise with no, you? No, no they do don't. No, it does nothing. And so, and yes. so, look at it from that economic standpoint. So, 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 I work specifically in in marketing for the cannabis industry, right? I, I develop go to market strategies for for emerging brands, emerging markets. I don't. I won't have a job in North Carolina, right? I got clients in Maryland, Maine, California, Oregon, Colorado, 
uh, they're not this these, this group of ten is going to come in with their own team, right? They're not going to hire me. They're they're not going to need lawyers. They're not going to need accountants. They're not going to need any of these things because they're coming in with their their team's already in place. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not even that that we can't have businesses based around cannabis, but all the other ancillary businesses, right? All the other businesses that get right involved in the industry are going to be. At OrthoCarolina, my personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse because online scheduling saves me time. OrthoCarolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at OrthoCarolina.com. Get ready. Broadway is returning to Charlotte. Blumenthal Performing Arts has an incredible selection of upcoming hits, including the returns of Hamilton and Wicked. Plus, the long-awaited Charlotte debut of Disney's Frozen and many more fan-favorite musicals and plays. Season tickets are on sale now at BlumenthalArts.org slash BPA Broadway. Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit CDC.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care doesn't have to wait because after hours, urgent care knows accidents happen. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way. Schedule your appointment today at orthocarolina.com. All the other businesses that get right involved in the industry are going to be out as well. That's a that's actually kind of a question that I was curious about you just on a personal curiosity level as to what is it that has you here? <laughs> you've worked physically, you've lived yeah. physically in places like Maine to California. Oh, yeah, like why are you what in are you, North what are you what are you doing here, Michael? So, so well, well I'm I'm from the area by by um just outside of Charleston and I've I've lived in Charlotte more or less for you know other than some for about ten years on and off. Honestly after after I had a, I had a successful exit in Maine in 2019, another company bought bought my cannabis brand. I was like, the South's going to open eventually, so let me go back down there. Let me start moving things forward. And I thought things would happen a little bit quicker. <laughs> so at the time, I was like, man, I got all this money in the bank. I can just chill for a couple of years and wait it out. But COVID happened, a couple other things happened, and now I'm like, oh God, this kind of I have to get back to work again. Right. So I'm sort of I'm 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 trying to help North Carolina move this forward. If it doesn't move forward in a in a manner that I find conducive to, to operate business, I'm just gonna go Maryland, Virginia, mm-hmm. whatever, right? It, I'm just giving it the, to the rest of this. But I came back specifically because I like it here, yeah. right? And I think and I we think appreciate it should you. be here. Well, right? I, I love the thought process behind it because it's something that I've always wanted to do in business is take a passion of mine like you are passionate about this and build it somewhere where it can be built and make it sustainable and then go somewhere where it's not yet and build it there when you can. And yeah, you just came a little too early. Right. And Michael, <laughs> yeah, other Michael, you I'm you bo- built Charlotte yeah. CBD. Yeah, I'm born and raised here, man. Yeah. So like, I've always wanted this here. And you know, I've had to ultimately live most of my life in the closet, and mm-hmm. you know, almost lived a double life about my cannabis use. And you know, it's it's actually what saved me throughout my life. 
but I being in corporate and banking like everybody else in the state, I couldn't be open about my use or whatever. So when I saw the opportunity, I actually was about to open one in Oregon and had the opportunity here and we figured it'd be a good placeholder. Um, and then it just kind of went viral and blew up, luckily for us. But, you know, it's it's so much harder now to survive. There's so many other companies coming in and so many other things. And with these laws and implications, it could ultimately push us right out, no matter how hard we work to build this program. And we've paid a tremendous amount in taxes and revenue and charity and everything else when we came into play. And like you said, the ancillary companies that have made money off of us making money. But with all that being said, it absolutely breaks my heart that I'm about to go to Virginia and do the project I'm doing up there. You know, Again, without disclosing too much, it's a multi-million dollar project that's going to, it's very unique to really the whole United States. And it's something that I would love to put here in North Carolina, but there's no way, even in Virginia, already passing the law at earliest, we're looking at 2024. So think if North Carolina were to pass a law today, we're probably out past that date, you know, and this isn't say they legalize today. It's not like overnight we can just put the products on the shelf. These right, plants yeah. take time to set up the grow and get licensed and approved and grow. And, you know, so we're looking at best right now. If they legalize, we're looking at four years out, probably, if yeah. not more. So it's very disheartening when you look at it. We're already behind. We're, you know, people ultimately I've done the story over and over again on people throughout the state that literally have to break the law to live. Right. And, you know, I did one on Kendra Jeffries that I do over and over again. Her daughter has a severe disease, a severe uh, seizure disorder where she has constant seizures throughout the day. They told her at like six years old, she wouldn't make it past 12. She's in her 20s now. And literally, she has to give her daughter this cannabis to keep her alive. And she's literally had to administer it to her daughter in front of police officers in a hotel, in a hospital room with the threat of going to jail while she administers this. So, you know, this is the people I think about. Of course, we all want it for whatever reason, but there are people literally, it's a life or death situation and risk imprisonment just for staying mm -hmm. alive. And that's where it's frustrating for me because, yeah, we can sort all this out, but still there's people dying and suffering. And speaking to Kendra yesterday, she lost three people in the last few weeks to cancer that she'd been trying to help treat. So, you know, oh. the, the, the need is there. How do you tell someone dying of cancer or someone with severe PTSD mm -hmm. or AIDS or seizure disorder, hey, just wait till we get these laws yeah, right. Hang in there. Hang in there. Mm -hmm. You know, hopefully you don't go in the jail and process. And I remember when I first joined Normal, I was a bail bondsman. And there was this guy that I, I stood up and I told everybody, look, if anybody in here ever gets arrested for just cannabis, I'll get you out for free. This guy uh, took it to heart. He called me one day. He got locked up. Long story short, his house was broken into while he was at work. The cops came in after because it set the alarm off. They found that he was growing cannabis. They took him to jail. He had no family, no means to get out of jail or nothing. They wouldn't let me write the bond because it was set too high. And because I was a new bondsman, it basically, I couldn't write the bond. So this guy was literally sitting in jail because he was growing cannabis to treat his schizophrenia. And he had bipolar uh, disorder. So this guy, I remember it to this day, like this guy called me sobbing and crying. We spoke often and I, I, there's nothing I could do to get him out. Luckily, finally, with arrangements of public offenders and everything, defenders, uh, they finally came and got him out. But that haunts me. And I'm like, there's so many people like this that literally need this medicine to function in life. They risk going to jail. They literally have little to nothing as it is. And then they get locked up where they have to come up with these fines and fees or whatever, or they can't get out of jail. So it's just cruelty on top of cruelty. And meanwhile, we're sitting around with this posturing and it's all this bill is, is okay, let's throw it in committee now. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to pass. If it does, I'll be the first one to eat crow, but I've been through this song and dance too many times. The votes aren't there. 
And by the time they goes to vote, it's going to be too late. We're going to have to reintroduce the bill and again, being left behind. Not as persuasive as your story just was about <laughs> right. that man. Right. But uh, that's that's something that I've seen uh, more than once in my life with law enforcement is they show up to a situation that has nothing to do with what the person gets arrested Correct. for. And so this anecdote is, you know, a friend of mine at the time was going through some mental health crises and there was a welfare check called on him where he was living at his girlfriend's mother's house at the time. So it was the three of them. And the police showed up and I was at my friend's house across the street. So I watched the whole thing go down. They show up, uh, you know, knock on the door, enter without a warrant because it's welfare check. They have to. And as they go through and go into his room to look for him, they find some grow lights. And uh, I don't think they actually ever found He was the guy that I used to buy from, but I don't right. ever think they actually found any physical weed. It was just everything that was with intent. Right. So... When he finally came back to the house and he told them, like, I'm alive, there's there's no <laughs> welfare good. for you to check. Yeah. Right. They said, OK, well, we're just, you know, we're waiting for the judge to call us back. We're going to print out warrant. this warrant from the trunk of our car and then we're going in there to get that and we're going to arrest you. And they took him in right. on possession with intent to manufacture or distribute because they went there for a mental health crisis mm -hmm. welfare check saw what they didn't need to see right. and decided to go beyond the call of duty yeah. right. so I can get a warrant at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Called, woke up a judge to get a warrant to arrest this guy with yeah. some grow to protect and serve. Well, we have a, even a better right. story here in Charlotte. You know, Keith Lamont Scott. That whole incident was because 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 that poor gentleman had PTSD and was rolling a blunt. The cops went to 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 serve a high risk warrant to someone else. Came back and said, "Look at that man with a blunt." And that's how that whole incident started, yep. right? right? And I mean, we're going on five, that's coming up on five years, mm -hmm. right? September will be five September, years, yeah. right? And what has our city done to make changes, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it's they're still letting you could still get shot for that same thing. For yes. that same thing. There is nothing that would protect you from getting shot for and that see, there's, same thing. And that's something that where my industry comes in, and this is something we've been fighting over and over again for smokable hemp flour, as they call it in the state. And ultimately, the reason why is because you cannot visually tell the difference in what well, we call plant. Right. It's right. the same plant. So it ultimately took cops probable cause away. You can't say I smelled cannabis or burning cannabis because it smells the same as hemp. You can't say I saw it because it looks the same. So it's ultimately taken probable cause away. So now they're doing these knock and talks and, you know, whatever. But Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's just it's, it further it further alienate certain races it still enables profiling oh, yeah. and you know ultimately what they do is they still prey on the people that cannot afford to defend themselves so they plea out they take a deal and it's a permanent record it's a life sentence it's, yeah. it affects where you can live it affects the job you can get it affects your credit all the yeah, way yeah. across the board and, what, and what's crazy is cmpd is still out here arresting people for for cannabis knowing that our da isn't going to prosecute them. Right. Right. I remember Which, Jennifer Roberts back four mayors ago yeah. telling, you know, that there was not supposed to be any more uh, arrests for marijuana. And I don't, 
know what happened. Oh, to they that. still I do. I was talking to Rob and yeah. he was trying to go over those numbers with me. Mm-hmm. And then I went to the FBI database to look at those same numbers and CMPD. And what he told me was completely askew right. from what the FBI, FBI database showed oh, yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they're arresting plenty of Listen, they people. arrested the baby after right. doing a Christmas show for $50 worth of cannabis. But, right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Listen, you still, it's still officer's discretion, right? It's still selective enforcement. It's, yes. it's, 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 if the officer's having a bad day or maybe he's not at his, his quota arrest total for the month or whatever, and he needs to do something, he can just, he can basically say, oh, I smell Canvas, right. right, and that's why I searched this car. That's why I did this. That's why I did that. And it's I think it's even it's, made it it's even crazy more. that we operate in that manner, right. considering the DA, the DA of our own county is like, I don't have the funds to prosecute this, and it's a victimless crime anyway. I'm people, not going to do it. Yeah. He's got yeah. a three year homicide backlog. Oh yeah, right? it just fucking reduced his budget to well, are working on reducing his budget to where he's going to have to fire an assistant prosecutor. Uh, right? Well, I can tell you, and this is how more how much more of an issue is created i could tell you i won't name names to you know keep people innocent but i know uh, two different instances where basically one person was pulled over cannabis was smelled they did a full search not only of the vehicle but try to pull a warrant for a search of the house too also know of someone else this was a traffic stop yes they tried to pull a warrant for the house right from Uh, from the traffic stop because of the amount of present and it was uh one person was it was even hemp actually so it's this whole thing but i also know another person in charlotte that rolled a stop sign was pulled over while smoking a blunt literally the smoke hit the cop in the face mm-hmm. and the cop didn't even make a comment about it about smelling it or nothing it's like he didn't want to deal with it you right. know what i mean so it's it's created this again this even more of selective enforcement and and further created more issues in the industry, you know, and it's, it's now the cops, cause the cops like, I don't even want to deal with it. Cause if it goes to court, it's going to get thrown out or whatever, or they use yeah, well, it because they're right. So it's like, you know, and again, cause they get overtime. Right. Oh, yeah. And I think, it, I think it's not too hard to figure out who would be an easy victim, especially if like, maybe it's an older car that's run down and the plates are out or obviously they're having financial woes. If you go after them, they're most likely going to plea out versus go hire a lawyer to get them out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I say, man, the rules and laws really only apply to poor people. Right. I mean, this, this is what is it true. comes down this to. This is true. Because the same thing happened to me. Fucking uh, Concord police was on a click it or ticket campaign one time. I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but I was damn sure smoking weed. <laughs> right. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't even passed the cop yet that was sitting on the median facing me as I'm going that way right. on Bruton Smith Boulevard, Burton Smith, whatever the yeah. fuck it's called. <laughs> And he just he just started moving and got right behind me and pulled me over and I pulled into the Red Lobster parking lot and I was just like, well, I'm fucked. Yeah. I was putting I was like putting the joint out in my hand as he's walking up to my car and I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do here. Right, right. And uh, got me. no, he just reminded me to wear my seatbelt is all yeah. right. <laughs> and listen, and then that's that's I mean that's it's our privilege, right? I mean, I walk around Charlotte with. I mean, I'm wearing a t-shirt now that says, you know, Cannabis Tokers Club on it, mm. right? I, I carry a bag with me. Mm. I, I'm loud, right? If right. you get close to me, I smell, right? right? And I, you know, I, I go to BB&T Ballpark, right? right? I, I walk in the door, passing 10 cops, throwing them peace signs, laughing at them, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, looking like I'm, like, I'm, right. I'm from China, right. shut down. Two and, words. And they all just Count like, flower. That's right? right? And they just, and they, and they laugh and wave at me, right? right. But if, if. If I wasn't a ginger, if I wasn't, you know, a Caucasian, mm-hmm. 
it's probably a totally different story, right? Absolutely. There's no way I get away with that. Well, behavior. because at that point you're dangerous. Yeah, exactly. As soon as you become black, yes. you're dangerous. Right. B and D are very close right. to each other in the alphabet. Which right. is crazy because C and D are even closer. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I tell people honestly, you know, Caucasian. Uh, you can take take this for what it's worth, but it, it's a proven, effective way. If you are pulled over or harassed by officers and they talk about the smell of cannabis or presence of it, you simply say hemp flower. Officer, it is hemp flower. Or my favorite thing, don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh, yeah. keep your mouth shut. Yeah, That's usually, rule number one. usually if don't you say, say hemp, nothing. Yeah, if usually if you hemp flower changes the whole conversation because there is no state approved roadside mandated test that can tell the difference between cannabis or, or marijuana or hemp. And the test that is out there has a twenty percent variance. And when you're testing for point oh three. Mm-hmm. There's obviously a huge discrepancies there. So really none of it should hold up in court because of the whole testing process is, is flawed in itself. So and there's a huge variance in testing results. Even if you took the same sample and tested it 10 times, you most likely have 10 different results. Yeah. Plus, then you could be like, well, officer, it looks like the only way that you're going to be able to figure it out is if you smoke. It. Right. Right, <laughs> so right. I have I also have this paraphernalia with uh, me. Right. right. Uh, yeah. But even if I mean, with Delta eight now, you know, we have that that kind of legal loophole right now. There's a legal way for people to get high with Delta eight. And I say legal in quotations because it's just really a exploited gray area that wouldn't exist if legalization happened. So ultimately, you do have legal hemp that can get you high. So even that test is flawed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, it, uh, it's great even having that legal way to get high. Have you heard of any vehicle crashes going up, any deaths or whatever? It just simply does not exist. Yeah. No, yeah, it's There's all. There's been zero deaths from cannabis, zero deaths, and yeah. we're still fighting it. And literally, like sugar killed probably ten people since we've talked right. this, this episode. You know, I mean, what we I mean? have so DUIs like, all over the city, and they right. open up another brewery every other day. Yeah. Right. I well, mean, there they, there is a correlation to to the amount of breweries to the amount of drunk drivers. Right, there right. there is. You well, can't deny have, that. Then they have CMPD like. Like last year when uh, Johnny Jennings first became the, what do they call him? Chief. Of Chief. Police. Yeah. <laughs> right mid-year when they were given the mid-year crime stats and they were talking about the homicide rate because we were on track to have the highest year and we did. Right. He attributed a majority of that to marijuana transactions. Yes. Oh, yeah. And oh, he yeah. called it a violent drug, yeah. Yeah. which yeah. was a completely misleading oh, statement. Yeah. And it's a violent drug because there's a violent law. Right. Yeah, it's a violent it. drug oh, because one of it's an important thing for yes. people who can't get it. And then, therefore, you know, just like as poverty is relevant yeah. to crime, marijuana necessity is relevant to crime. And, you yeah. know, it's just yeah, a the compounding state, issue. The, the state elected DA official, I forget his name. In, uh, Josh Stein. We were in a, a, a meeting in Winston-Salem and he said this very thing. Every violent crime I've been to cannabis or weed has been a part of. And I'm like, we're like, okay, but did you account for t-shirts or shoes or cigarettes right. or other thing? You're looking for this particular thing and it's that common because everybody uses it, number one. But number two, when's the last time someone, you know, robbed somebody over alcohol or right. whatever because it's way more available. You're creating this black market mm-hmm. that creates this danger. And there are other caveat their other like bullet point is adolescent use like well the packaging and it's more available so more kids are going to use it my argument is who's Mm going to be more likely to go by the laws and card people your establishments that pay for these licenses and and do it the correct way or your street level dealers you know what i mean so every argument they have is just ridiculous really Mm -hmm. and they've created this 
the danger in it. The, mm-hmm. the dan- most dangerous part about this plan is being caught with it or trying to purchase it or sell it. And I, you know, being a lifelong cannabis user in Charlotte, I've bought thousands of dollars worth of mulch. I've been (laughs) robbed at gunpoint, been robbed at knife point. I've been, you name it, you know, sketchy situations over and over, simply just trying to, to get some medicine. Right. And and, I mean, And, and honestly, that's, you know, when they say that, that crime scenes, you know, homicides, there's cannabis involved. Well, ultimately there's probably some level of mental illness with someone who would take another human's life. Mm-hmm. So they've probably been trying to self-medicate themselves. Right. right? So, so all so, factors so, have not been factored th- th- for. Yeah, that's right. Correlation so, and causation yeah. are not. Totally right. different. Right. right. It's, it's, it's totally off premise. I mean, but, you could, you could attribute anything, uh, any kind of common denominator to it. If you really right. you said to. t-shirts. Right. I like right. That. right. Yeah. I mean, Did you check for t-shirts? Right. Because yeah. it's, re- it's, it's insane really. And you know, and it's, it, when you get these guys, these are, most of them are, are at least a boomer age and, and younger. So they understand a lot of what's coming out of their mouths is horseshit, right. but they, they still say it because they're programmed to say it and because their peers need them to say well, it and right. their establishment they're representing needs them we, to we've say We've been it. coming up with BS in America for since day one, That's what right? what we do. Yeah, since right. Thomas Jefferson said all men were created equal, right. owning 200 slaves and raping another 20. Right. Well, I mean, that's basically the precedent right there, right? right? And, and, that's and I mean, what this th- is continuing it's on. It's continuing the, on, right? So, the so, entire- so the war on drugs is, it's, I mean, it's the new Jim Crow, right? right? right. And I mean, if this is going to continue, we're, we're just on this crazy treadmill anyway. Yeah. You know, smoke weed, eat mushrooms, kids. You'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> Some of our forefathers, I will say that John Adams dared people to think, dream, and speak. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we wrap up, uh, you know, they say in journalism school, keep the tense, hard questions to the very end so you don't start off with tension. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with the hard question, Michael Sims. Yes, sir. We know each other pretty well. You're married to one of my best friends in the world. Right. You got a new boat within the last year. Right. Why haven't I been on this boat? Yet? <laughs> hey man, when am I getting on this boat? It, it's open invitation anytime nice. you want. I tell people that, and they're like, oh, I don't know. Oh, like seriously, I'm out there every day. I'm coming up. Uh, yeah, you I'm can usually smell the, the trail enough. of cannabis. I'm on a boat. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, definitely come out, boat. man. And that's you know that's something I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of guilt that comes with this. I have been one of the people that's you know legally profited from this industry, where people ultimately are still paying the price for it. So yeah, yeah there's forty thousand Americans incarcerated. Right now, this this very moment, forty thousand in prison for marijuana related right. crimes. 40, one, one actually serving a life sentence because it triggered his three strike rule. But oh yeah, it's yeah. you know it's ah that's yeah. a fucked up one yeah. too. Oh yeah. yeah, so it's you know we it's hard to celebrate any victory in this industry until we recognize and correct the damage that it's caused. And, you know, I take that personally. It's hard to enjoy. I, don't get me wrong. I have a great life and I love right. the boat, but it's really <laughs> at the end of the day, it's kind of hard to enjoy it when you realize at what cost it's come and still how much further we need to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have Apple store for dispensaries out West and, you know, but you still got people sitting in jail here, oh, yeah. right. it's a huge problem there. So, yeah. You know, ultimately, man, it's it, we got to do it correctly, and we got to yeah. do more. And SB Seven Eleven is not the correct way. It's right. horrible. Do not support it one iota. Call your representatives. Actually, you know what everyone needs to do. This is literally what everyone needs to do. Email, call Governor Cooper's office, and say veto 
SB 711. Because if it does get passed, and like I said, I got a gut feeling it's going to move. I think that there's enough money behind it and there's enough juice just from how I see people interacting that it's going to get through and GOP is going to put it on Cooper's desk. Now, that being said, Cooper does not, he ain't a big, he's like Joe Biden, right? He don't really like, he's from that school, same age, right? He's, he's, he's that whole thing, right? Well, he grew up in law enforcement, right? He's, he was our, he was, he was the IG of the state forever, right? And I mean, he, not to get too political, but Roy Cooper's never lost an election because people think he's a Democrat, but he's really a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's, that's the situation. He carries the law the enforcement cop to be right. Um, <laughs> So that's how he keeps winning these things, but he's no friend. So I think our best effort is to just make sure he knows that the people in North Carolina know that this bill is garbage and that if it does get to his desk, he's got the power to veto it because, because thank God. Thank, thank, thank the stars that the GOP no longer has the supermajority, mm-hmm. right? Because if that was the case, we'd be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would like everyone to do is just, just drop Governor Cooper right. an email and right. say, hey, listen, if SB 711 makes it to your desk, veto but it. See, my fear is, sorry, because right now I think we have two medical bills and two recreational bills in the state. And this is the only one that has any sort of movement. So my fear is if this one doesn't go any further, which I think it won't. Uh, where where do we go from here? What's yeah. moving behind it? Finance know, so. is going to approve it because they're talking about the money it's going to make. Sure. And, right. and 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 once it moves through finance, right? Rabin is the sponsor. He's he's sits he's he's the head of the final committee, the rules and ops, right? And and the the health and human services committee, which will which moves to next after finance, well, they'll get to oversee the program, right? Because this is medical marijuana, so they'll get their beaks wet too. I really think this bill passes. I think it gets to Cooper's desk. That's where I think it ends up. And I think I think the Republicans all stick together. I think they see it as a dark money cash cow. I think they see it as a way they can maintain their control in the state. And I think the Democrats in this state, I think half of them are just like, well, I can sort of chalk up marijuana as a win, right? Like that, hey, we got your medical marijuana. I'm, I'm winning, right? I think that the, and I think that there's not educated enough on the subject, right? Or, or don't care. Or, That's or, what I think or, it'll be used as appeasement of like, oh, now we don't. Or they're talk super about opportunist, right? So, so one of the co-sponsors of the bill, the Democrat Wiley Nickel, he's a Tulane graduate uh, lawyer, right? He represents the district of Kearney, right? Whitest, most Democrat district in the whole state, wealthiest. And he's, he's total, if you've ever met an opportunist in your life, it's this gentleman right here. <laughs> and I, he's one of the sponsors of the bill and he's a Democrat. And I've, I've had a conversation with him, right? We, we got on a Zoom thing and I sat there and explained it to him. And he was just like, because he's, he, wants to run, he wants to run for D.C. and he thinks if he gets on this bill, the Republicans ain't going to oppose him. It'll be a big no. Right? Yeah. They'll, 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 they won't send their, their horse in there to run against him. Right. And I think that's the situation. That's why he sponsored it. As, and he's getting other co-signers with him. But mm-hmm. listen, if you're a Democrat and you're signing off on this bill, I question, I question your party. Mm-hmm. I, question, I, question your, 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 I question your loyalty to your party. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on that. So stay tuned to QCNerve.com to see what's going on with that. But we'll be definitely keeping a close eye on that. We appreciate you guys both coming yeah, on. Yeah, man. Thanks for yeah, thanks keeping for the conversation going. I think it's important we keep doing this. But, you know, as much as possible, stay in touch with your representative. Like Mike was saying, you know, stay stay abreast of all this because ultimately there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And, and sitting back silently is no longer acceptable. So. Absolutely. All right. Okay. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. Make Cheers. cannabis legal again. Yes, that's right.